and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's August 8th, 2019, and this is episode 31. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. New in theaters this week, we've got four major studio releases. First up is a family adventure film called Dora and the Lost City of Gold. This is from Paramount Pictures. Now, this is a live-action adaptation of the popular Dora the Explorer TV series, which is made for kind of the preschool set. But in this one, our little Dora is all grown up, and she's going to high school. And, you know, Paramount Pictures is taking a page out of out of the Walt Disney Studios book. And uh, they turned this property into a live action film. Uh, again, Adora is, Adora is a teenager. So having spent most of her life exploring the jungle, as we know, um, uh, with her parents. Now, her live action parents are played by Eva Longoria and Michael Pena. And nothing could prepare Dora, who is played by Isabella Moner, uh, for her dangerous adventure, most dangerous adventure ever, uh, which is high school. Always the explorer, Dora quickly finds herself leading Boots, um, who is you know a monkey, and it appears that Boots is a digital character in uh, this film. Diego, uh, who also was you know a character in the cartoon, played by Jeffrey Wahlberg, a mysterious jungle inhabitant. Eugenia, played by Eugenio Derbez, and a ragtag group of teens on a live-action adventure to save Dora's parents and solve the impossible mystery behind a lost city of gold. Uh, I've actually heard that this is this is uh, a pretty fun family movie. I haven't seen it, so uh, hopefully it's good, and hopefully people are enjoying uh, a live-action version of Dora the Explorer. Uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association of America for action and some impolite humor. All right, next up is The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is a drama from 20th Century Fox. Uh, this is one of 20th Century Fox's uh, talking dog movies, which they seem to be doing a lot of. Although this one's based on the best-selling novel by Garth Stein. Um, the Art of Racing in the Rain is a heartfelt tale narrated by a witty and philosophical dog named Enzo. Um, and Enzo is voiced by Kevin Costner, as you might have uh, recognized if you've seen the trailer. Uh, through his bond with his owner, Denny Swift, who's played by uh, Milo Ventimiglia, uh, who's an, an aspiring Formula One race car driver, Enzo has gained tremendous insight into the human condition and understands the techniques needed on the racetrack can also be used to successfully navigate the journey of life. The film follows Denny and the loves of his life, his wife Eve, who's played by Amanda Seyfried, their young daughter Zoe, who's played by Ryan Kira Armstrong, and ultimately his true best friend, Enzo the Dog. So The Art of Racing in the Rain is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association of America for thematic material. 
All right, next up is the, we haven't had one for a couple weeks. Here's the horror, the horror film of the week, um, which is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. This is from Lionsgate, um, CBS Films. Uh, this is also based on a book series. Uh, it's a book series by Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamel. Um, and this film is produced by uh, the acclaimed director Guillermo del Toro. And um, uh, it's set in the late 60s. In America, I haven't read any of these books. Shocking, <laughs> I know. Um, but it's set in late sixties in America. Changes blowing in the wind, but seemingly far removed from the unrest in the cities of a, is a small town uh, called Mill Valley, where for generations the shadow of the Bellows family has loomed large. It's in the Bellows family mansion on the edge of town that Sarah, a young girl with some horrible secrets, turned her tortured life into a series of scary stories. Read in a book that has transcended time. Stories that have a way of becoming all too real for a group of teenagers who discover Sarah's terrifying home. So, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America. And again, that's kind of a shock that they were going for a PG-13 instead of an R. But it also sounds like you know maybe they're kind of going for um, a teen audience on this one. Um, it's... Rated, uh, so again, rated PG-13 for terror, violence, disturbing images, thematic elements, language including some racial epithets, and brief sexual references. All right, then last up is a crime drama called The Kitchen. This is from New Line Cinema. Uh, this one is set in a decade ahead of, from our previous film uh, in the late 1970s in New York City. Uh the, the uh, 20 blocks of pawn shops, porn palaces, and dive bars between 8th Avenue and the Hudson River, um, owned by the Irish Mafia and known as Hell's Kitchen, was never the easiest place to live or the safest. But for mob wives Kathy, Ruby, and Claire, who are played by Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss, respectively, things are about to take a radical and dramatic turn. When their husbands are sent to prison by the FBI... The women take business into their own hands, running their rackets and taking out the competition, literally. Now they own the neighborhood. So uh, the kitchen looks pretty pretty uh, intense. Uh, get uh, this um, a female-driven uh, mob movie. So it's rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for violence, language throughout, and some sexual content. So again, the four new uh, releases this week, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, The Art of Racing in the Rain, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and The Kitchen. week i'd like to review a movie that opened up last week actually it's fast and furious presents hobbs and shaw which is a spin-off of the fast and furious film series or you know franchise as people uh like to call it but instead of just jumping right into the review i'd like to give a bit of a retrospective to the fast and furious series 
talk a little bit about, about his past, his present, and and his future. And then I, I just feel like my thoughts on the series as a whole uh, hopefully will help make my review a little more understandable of, of Hobbs and Shaw. So the Fast and Furious series started in 2001, and uh, it was it's a... Is an interesting kind of racing and crime film that that talked about a really interesting subculture. If I'm not mistaken, I, I thought I saw an interview with with uh, the writer of the film who thought it was an interesting idea to there to take this whole kind of racing car racing subculture that was going on at the time uh, and. Uh, and this was basically this is it's illegal street racing, where they take these modified uh, modified cars. Many of them uh, are of Japanese make, so you know Hondas and Mitsubishi's, uh, Nissan's, uh, Toyotas all, all all play a big role in in the in these uh, um, you know Subarus and whatnot, but. But then also put a crime story on top of it. So you so use the car racing setting as a way to tell kind of an interesting um, crime story. So uh, it really launched it really launched a, a whole interesting franchise with with uh, this original film. The film was set in Los Angeles, which was a really a kind of a hotbed for this 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 tuner racing going on and. The uh, the film stars Vin Diesel. Uh, he plays a character named Dominic Toretto, and really, Dominic Toretto is the is the foundation for this entire series. His character really is, is the is the driving force behind behind it all. Dom has a girlfriend. Her name is Letty, L-E-T-T-Y. She's played by Michelle Rodriguez. Letty is is involved. Letty is is a racer, and tough as nails, and is also involved with this this um, crime ring. Uh, Dom has a little sister as well. Her name is Mia, and uh, she's played by the actress Jordana Brewster. So Dom's relationship with his girlfriend and with his sister are really to the key, kind of the key relationships. Uh, in this in this first film, we're also introduced to to a very uh, important character in the series named Brian O'Connor, who's played by the actor Paul Walker. And Brian O'Connor is an FBI agent, and he is sent undercover to try to bring down. Uh, Dominic Toretto's uh, ring, or at least Dominic Toretto is 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 is, is highly suspect, and the one who who the FBI thinks is is involved with uh, with this crime activity, which is really what what they're doing is they are hijacking the uh, semi trucks and and uh, and stealing stealing the cargo from these from from these trucks, and so. It's uh you know it's pretty it's pretty elaborate these these uh, high scenes are 
are really elaborate and, and part of I think part of the pleasure of actually watching watching these films of, of how how they do it and then not to mention the uh, the the racing is 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 quite interesting too and just just kind of having a snapshot into this interesting subculture so so the original fast and furious which is really still I think one of the probably the one of the best films in the in the entire series uh, is it's it's just it's just really I think a really solid uh, solid crime film the uh, it, it often gets compared to the film Point Break which starred Keanu Reeves and uh, Patrick Swayze uh, I also thought I think though that is is quite similar to the film White Heat in a lot of ways that's the film with Jimmy Cagney in it uh, again just with with just with kind of a classic theme of 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 a crime ring gets infiltrated by by a, a law enforcement person who's who's under you know who's who's undercover and uh, and then the undercover uh, undercover officer takes him down one interesting thing which really sets the the uh, the film series in motion though is that at the end of the first film uh, Brian O'Connor has the chance to arrest Dom Toretto and he instead he, he lets him go and and so that really that really launches it uh, but also it just shows or helps the development of these of this character because really these characters become like brothers Dom and Brian and for Dom family is everything uh, one of the classic lines from the series that Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel gives in his grovelly voice is, "I don't have friends. I got family," and and that's just true throughout. That this is all really this family theme is is of supreme of supreme importance. So these next these next few films, uh, the second film, which is called Too Fast, Too Furious, with the number two instead of the word two so number two fast number two furious came out in 2003 uh this film does not star vin diesel it's really the only one of the of the actual film series that doesn't star vin diesel but it's all about paul walker so when paul walker lets uh when when brian lets dom go brian flees from los angeles to miami to kind of lay low uh because he's no, he knows he's going to be in trouble with his bosses because he he let um, you know he let this criminal go. So of course though he gets involved with the racing scene there, and they there's this drug lord and they uh, you know the drug lord wants some drivers and then they you know they try to take down the drug lord, um, but uh, there's a couple of new characters that get introduced in 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 uh, this in this film. Uh, there's a guy named Roman who is played by the actor and singer Tyrese, and uh, then there's a um, a guy named Tej who's who's played by the rapper Ludacris. So these two are kind of uh, polar opposites in that 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 Roman uh, is is just like the worst character ever. He's like the one I, 
can't stand the most. And then, and then uh, that's the character played by Tyrese. And then Tej, she's played by Ludacris, is also just like one of the most laid back and cool characters. So uh, anyway, uh, Eva Mendez also stars in it, and she she plays a U.S. Customs officer who's gone undercover to try to take down this drug lord too, and she shows up in a cameo in another film, but she hasn't come back. She hasn't come back to the series in any kind of significant role. I wish she would, because she was actually, she was probably the one thing that I did like about Too Fast, Too Furious. I really think overall it's a horrible film. Very forgettable and um, not one that I enjoy uh, watching at all. Um, the third film is The Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. And it, this one feels like a spinoff, but it's really not. And the way that the writers had decided to integrate some of these characters and some of the events of Tokyo Drift. It technically should actually be the sixth film in this series. So if you're ever if you're ever uh, deciding that you want to that you need to watch all of these Fast and Furious films, which is kind of a fun thing to do, except you have to watch sit through number two, which is absolutely horrible. But uh, you know something to consider is moving Tokyo Drift to the sixth spot. Um, you know, just, just bump everything down and just watch it in between Fast and Furious 6 and Furious 7. But anyway, uh, Tokyo Drift shockingly takes place in Tokyo. It's, it's, uh, a whole bunch of different characters in this. Vin Diesel shows up at the end, but, uh, uh, he's, he's really, he's not in the film, uh, really at all. Um, but, uh, it's about a kid named Sean who is played by Lucas Black. And Sean is a troubled teen. He's, he, he's a racer and it gets him in trouble. Uh, his, his mom, his parents are divorced and his mom sends him from California where they're living to go spend some time with his dad in Tokyo. And there at school, he, he becomes friends with some guys that are, in, get, are involved in this drifting racing, which I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's a really interesting uh, technique that they do, that they can take in, in, in corners, where instead of driving the car straight through a corner, they'll actually have the car go sideways through the corner or, or really do a drift. So highly technical and really cool. So, and you know, big, big in Japan. So, so not unlike the first film, it's, it's, it's exposing an interesting subculture in 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 the car racing world uh again kind of an underground or underground type thing but still really cool the, the best character that gets introduced in tokyo drift is a guy named han he's played by the actor soon king and han is han is friends with dom toretto and that's you know that that's that's the connection um han thankfully comes back in some other films but sadly, again, spoiler alert, Han dies a fiery death at the end of Tokyo Drift. And so it's a bummer because he's, he's a really cool character. So the writers brought him in for, um, for a couple of other films. And then because the events of, of Tokyo Drift technically happen in between Fast and Furious 6 and Furious 7, um, that's how they um, decided to do it. Again, I'm not sure if that was an intentional decision. I'm not buying it 
maybe I can, if I ever get a chance to talk with the writers, they could step me through that. I just felt like it was they just made it after the fact. You know, you know, actually, Han's a really good character. We shouldn't we shouldn't have killed him. You know, killed him off. Or since we did kill him off, we how can we how can we integrate him back in? Because it's also kind of confusing. But anyway, um, that's that. So then we jump to to 2009, where the fourth film in the series came out. Fast and Furious. Uh, so uh, this also is this is another drug lord movie. It's about a Mexican drug lord, but the band is back together. So we got Vin, we've got uh, uh, I mean, so excuse me, Dom and Letty and Mia and Brian, and and uh, uh, in this film, uh, Letty dies, or so we think she does. So that's kind of a that's kind of a tragic thing. But again. And an interesting plot device that the writers that the writers included. Uh, in then we jump to 2011 in uh, to Fast Five. Now I think Fast Five is actually the best film of the series overall. Um, it's my it's it's my personal favorite next to the original. Uh, it uh, it's a it's a heist film. So all so after after the events of of uh, Fast and Furious, um, you know this the, the fourth film, the team the team much of them are there are many of them they're living in uh, Rio, yeah, in Brazil, and uh, they are getting pursued by a guy from the U.S. Diplomatic Security Service. Um, an agent named Luke Hobbs, who is played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So the Ro- this is the film that the Rock shows up in. So he's trying to take down Dom Toretto, and then then uh, Dom and 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 Brian and uh, and and Mia are trying to uh, uh, they they plan a really and then also they you know, they got they they assembled the team so ludicrous you know the, that uh, Tyrese ugh, unfortunately <laughs> you know the, those characters Roman and, and Tej and then Han uh, uh, is there uh, also uh, Gal Gadot who you know it was you know as as Wonder Woman. But she plays a character in this. But they they assemble this this really great team to to steal a hundred million dollars from this corrupt businessman. And uh, it's there's there's so much great action in this. And it's still, I mean, the action's a bit over the top. But I still feel like this film, at its core, is really what a Fast and Furious movie is. You know, great action. Uh, Crazy car chases. <laughs> there's 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 some stuff that's pretty you know on the borderline of just outrageous, but still though they f- overall for the I mean for the most part follow the laws of gravity and physics, and it's just a supremely entertaining movie. So so uh, Fast Five I just can't recommend it highly enough for for any of you who are, are interested. In, in these films, then things with fat these next these next uh, three films. It's Fast and Furious Six, which came out in 2013, Furious Seven, 
And then The Fate of the Furious, um, which is the eighth film, which came out in 2017. Um, also just known as, by, as F8 or Fate. <laughs> uh, these three films, while they have some entertaining components, I just feel like they totally jumped the shark. And um, the, uh, the, the, they get so crazy with with their plots as they um really you know it um i think clearly the, the aim of the filmmakers was to take the franchise uh further and and they decided to incorporate elements from spy films and and other adventure type films in the hopes of increasing their audience. And I, you know, clearly I think they have because the films are all, all these films are huge box office successes, but the events are so far fetched. And, um, it almost to me, uh, from the hot, from the high mark of fast five really kind of is a decline in the, in the, in the quality Again, not that they're, not that the CGI is is badly done or anything, but they just become so crazy that to me it just dumbs them down and and just and, and makes them so. Again, not that any of the stuff is that is real. I'm not again, shooting for realism or shooting for Macbeth either, you know. But when it just becomes so crazy. Uh, you know, like you being able to jump from one car to another, this fifty foot jump, you know, or there's a there's a final scene in in Fast and Furious Six where they're chasing a plane down a runway, and this runway, it's the world's longest runway because this scene goes on forever, and I mean seriously, I mean the scene like goes on for twenty minutes. And you just think, what runway? It's not like the plane is doing circles, you know? Like, what runway is that long? Um, uh, it, just goes, it just goes on and on. So, so really, I just feel like Fast and Furious 6, Furious 7, and The Fate of the Furious, um, you know, they really jumped the shark. Just, just as a quick review, uh, in, in, in Fast and Furious 6... They actually moved the action, most of the action over to London. And uh, remember Luke Hobbs, who's played by The Rock. He actually uh, gives Dom and his team an offer that he'll, they'll, they'll, uh, um, uh, he'll, he'll uh, offer them amnesty for all of their crimes or basically wipe their criminal records clean if they help take down a skilled mercenary organization. That's led by a bad dude named Owen Shaw, um, who's played by Luke Evans. Uh, and so anyway, and then uh, Owen Shaw gets gets uh, gets injured and, and he's he lands in a coma at the end of Fast and Furious Six. So in Furious Seven, Owen Shaw's brother Deckard Shaw, who is played by Jason Statham. Uh, comes into the picture and it turns out turns into a, a big revenge pick where where uh, Deckard Shaw is out to kill Dom and his team. So 
what the writers decided to do was have uh, Deckard Shaw. Deckard Shaw is the one who actually kills Han in uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. And uh, so sadly we lose Han and uh, he blows up Dom Toretto's house and does all this, all this uh, horrible, horrible stuff. Um, but then there's this other criminal involved and the film takes the team to Azerbaijan and, the, and there are a couple of action sequences in this film that on one hand are so unbelievably cool and then on another hand are so unbelievably stupid. So it's where I really vacillated with it. Again, not that it has to be just like this perfection of realism because I know it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fantasy movie, but these scenes are so crazy. Anyway, in this Azerbaijan segment in, in Furious 7, um, Dom and his team, their their planes get, their, their, excuse me, their cars get dropped from an airplane um, via parachute. I'm not kidding. So there are these cars <laughs> flying down from the sky. So again, it's kind of cool, but also just like, really? Um, and then they go to Abu Dhabi and, you know, the land of, of, of skyscrapers and money and stuff there in the desert. And there's this scene where they're in some hot car. I don't I, um, Boy, is it a Lamborghini or... Anyway, sorry about that. But they... The car... Ju- they jump it. They're, it's, it's up in the sky. And they... Uh, you know, in the skyscraper. I don't know what floor, but like a high floor. Like above you know, the 50th floor. They jump it from one skyscraper to another. And they're able to get it, you know, going fast enough, get enough momentum to to drive through the glass and, and for it to land in this other building. And um, while it's it's fun and it's cool, it's just so ridiculous and so stupid. Because again, it just is such. There's since there's just no way that could ever happen. Uh, it's 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 just it's almost to the point that it's frustrating. Um, sadly, Furious 7, which, which was released in 2005, it's the final appearance of Brian O'Connor's character, or Paul Walker, um, you know, who died, and he died, um, during the filming of, of Furious 7. They actually had to halt production for a while and rewrite the script, uh, and, uh, uh, so, so the release was delayed. Two of Paul Walker's brothers... Um, were used as stand-ins to complete his remaining scenes. And then they um, they gave him, though, they gave Paul Walker's character a really nice send-off in Furious 7, which is something that I really liked. You know, basically, they let Brian and Mia retire. They've had um, some children together, these two characters, and, and they're going to kind of sent him off they sent him off into the sunset in a really in just a really nice way i was i was actually very impressed with how they how they chose to do that that was one of the few things that i liked about um furious seven so and then and finally in 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 the the in furious eight or 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 f8 fate um dom dom's been reunited with letty i didn't even go into all the stuff about letty but letty 
Letty's had an interesting has an interesting character arc herself. <laughs> she uh, she got brainwashed and uh, anyway, but she's back. And uh, then a cyber terrorist named Cipher, who's played by Charlize Theron, um, chorus's Dom into working for her, and she turns him against his team. And so this movie is set in New York, and then they have this incredibly ridiculous finale scene that's in Russia, done on, on uh, ice. So it's almost like it's become, again, become a, like a James Bond film, and not a good Bond film either. Like one of the crazy ones, you know, one of the crazy Roger Moore ones. It just goes on and on and on with the ridiculous stuff <laughs> that happens. So, so given that that's where, kind of the point of where we are with the Fast and Furious, then we come into the spinoff, which is this Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. And, uh, I got to tell you, it's, you know, it, it's just more of the same. So it's a fun setup in that Luke Hobbs, you know, played by The Rock and Deckard Shaw played by Jason Statham. They hate each other and they and The Rock and Jason Statham have got really you can tell they've got really good chemistry and they have a lot of fun just kind of uh, giving each other a bad time. And and uh that's and a lot of smack talk in, bet- in, in between the two of them. But they end up having to join forces because Shaw's sister, Hattie, who's played by Vanessa Kirby, uh, she um, she just she take she kind of takes one for the team. They're trying to get this um, uh, virus that 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 this bad guy wants to kill the kill the world with this virus, but she's able to incorporate it into her own body for a certain number of hours. And if they can then extract it, they'll, uh, if they can save her and extract this virus, then they'll be able to save the world. And so again, just grandiose plot that just to me, I was rolling my eyes. Now, Again, I know that a lot of people are having fun with this film, as they should. I mean, because that's really, you know, the intention of the filmmakers was to make a film that was a wild, fun, and entertaining ride. And I think that they deliver on that. But really, what just ultimately what bugs me is just what's bugged me about these last few Fast and Furious movies, too, is that they just jumped the shark. Uh, So at the beginning of Hobbs and Shaw, uh, The Rock is with... Uh, Decker Shaw and and uh, you know what I mean so Hobbs is with Shaw and Shaw's sister who's got this virus in her so they got to protect her and uh, she they um, the bad guy who's played by Idris Elba and his name his character's name is Brixton but they they're in some skyscraper in London and uh, using rappel ropes, these guys, they break through the window, they take the sister, and then they rappel down the building, the skyscraper. So they're up, I, I mean, high. They're up high. I don't know how high, 60th, 70th floor, I don't know. 50th floor. And it might even be, they might even be in the Shard, I think is the name of the building in London anyway. Uh, so they're rappelling down the building, and then the rock jumps out the window and for for a few of the stories he's hanging on the cable that they're repelling down but then he does a free fall 
So the rock is literally fly, falling from this building. He hits, he hits, you know, one of these guys repelling, and then the two of them they land on a a, a parked car, the you know, the, at the at the base of the building, completely smashing the roof. The rock just rolls over and then just stands up and you know nothing's and he's fine. So so the rock falls out of a skyscraper. Lands, crash lands on the ground, and nothing happens to him. And that just sets off the film. And the whole time I just was thinking, this is so stupid. <laughs> I can't. I don't want Schmish to be a party pooper. But, you know, and, and The Rock's amazing, and we know, you know, and how strong he is, and all that stuff. But really, he, he fell out of a skyscraper, and, he, and nothing happened to him. So. The whole film just is just a series of that type of stuff, which is fun if it's a superhero movie, but they're not superheroes. I mean, it's the, he's The Rock, so I guess he kind of is. But, I mean, there's a scene where The Rock takes down a helicopter or holds onto a helicopter all like Captain America. And, of course, The Rock can do it. And then, so any, any, any of the action sequences that follow, it just, I was just rolling my eyes. You know, they're... They're, they they end up going to Samoa, uh, where the Rock's family is. He's been a bit his character's been um, Hobbs has been a bit estranged from his from his family in Samoa, but he gets reunited with his brothers and they actually have this business where they they customize cars too. So that's kind of cool that again there's some there's some car race stuff, but it's so unrealistic. You know they're doing all this stuff on this on the, on this island and. They have a kind of a fun nod where they got the you know this the power switch that they use in some of these other Fast Furious movies that that uh, will enhance the speed of the car, um, but it's all it's all so absolutely cartoony and ridiculous that I just couldn't wait for it to be over. So so uh, the Fast and Furious has really turned into kind of an action fantasy sci fi type of series rather than rather than kind of a cool car racing type thing. So uh, I think that's probably going to continue. Now they're making Fast and Furious 9. It's set to be released in May of 2020. Uh, John Cena is in it. Uh, he's, he's, a new, he's a new character. We don't know much about his character, but he's in it. And again, The Rock, excuse me, uh, The Rock is not in this on Fast and Furious 9. At least he's not listed in the credits that are on imdb.com. But Vin Diesel is, and and Michelle Rodriguez, and uh, I think Jordana Brewster is even listed as being in it, and uh, Lucas Black I think might be making an appearance, and it. so it's just gonna be interesting to see where and and Ludacris too, and I put Ludacris has posted some stuff on Instagram about it, and also Vin Diesel's posting pictures from behind uh, behind the scenes uh, from the set on his Instagram, so I've got some links. On my, uh, on the blog, on the on the blog notes on my, uh, excuse me, on the podcast notes on my blog. So anyway, uh, that's my recap of Fast and Furious, the Fast and Furious series, and and also just a brief review of Hobbs and Shaw. So not meaning to be a party pooper. Go have some fun and watch The Rock fall out of the building and have nothing happen to him, and uh, or you know have The Rock fall out of a skyscraper. And have nothing happen to him, and and uh, and 
we'll just you know we'll we'll just see what's going on and and I guess if I really need a, a dose of reality I can go read Macbeth myself. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there there you have that. <laughs> so as a reminder, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, or should I say, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw is rated PG thirteen by the Motion Picture Association of America for prolonged sequences of action and violence, suggested material, and some strong language. Thank you for listening to the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about all of the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, thanks again. Bye.